Welcome to the Fully Known Podcast. I'm your host, Olivia Mead, and today we're continuing our series called Sisters, Stories from Women of the Church. Just a reminder, if you're new here, each episode we feature two stories. First, we open our Bibles and turn to Scripture for direction. Then I sit down with one of my friends as she shares her story. The purpose behind this is simple. The heart cannot love what the mind does not know. You have to know God before you can make Him known. So with that, let's dive into episode three. Today we're going to be studying both Rahab and Ruth. Their stories intersect really beautifully, and they both have a unique way of pointing to the coming Christ. So I thought it best to combine their stories into one teaching today. Um, I know that you will get something out of this, especially by the end of the teaching. The way it's going to go is I'm going to talk a little bit about Rahab, then we'll go into a little bit about Ruth, and circle back around at the end and see how they are, first of all, connected, And second of all, how their stories really point right back to God. So we'll start by talking about Rahab. Rahab's story begins in the book of Joshua. She actually shows up on the scene in chapter 2. She's described as a Canaanite woman, so she's a pagan. um, And she's also described as a prostitute. This is something that follows her throughout the entire book of Joshua and Um, She's actually mentioned in other portions of scripture as well. Almost every time that Rahab is mentioned, it is also mentioned that she was a prostitute. So that's something interesting to note about scripture. Um, Like I said, she pops up on the scene in the book of Joshua. And if you guys know anything about me, you know I got to go into a little bit of background about this book. So bear with me. Okay, the book of Joshua, it is the sixth book of the Bible. It picks up in the Old Testament right where Deuteronomy leaves off. If you know anything about Deuteronomy, you know that it's um, a full picture written by Moses of pretty much all of Moses' life. So it ends with Moses dying and um, Joshua 1, 1 picks up with Joshua now in charge of the Israelites and he is charged to lead them into the promised land. So they're crossing the Jordan River, and they're finally on their way to take the land that God had promised. And and the book ends with them now getting their land allotments. Um, So back to chapter two, where we meet Rahab. Um, Rahab lives in the town of Jericho, the city of Jericho. We read about that in uh, chapter two and in chapter six of the book of Joshua. The importance about Jericho here is, um, like I said, Joshua is leading the Israelites into the land of Canaan. But before they go there, he sends out two guys to spy the land. So to scope out the land and see who is inhabiting that land right now. Um, What their armies may look like, what their cities may look like. um, Really to just get a picture of what they're walking into. So he sends these two spies out and he tells them to um, scope out the land of Canaan and particularly to look at the city of Jericho. So they go into the city of Jericho and um, Rahab actually meets them there and she welcomes them into her home. She welcomes these two men, these two Israelites who were sent to be spies into her home, but then the king of Jericho finds out, and he was very unhappy. Remember, this is a pagan nation. They do not believe in Yahweh. Um, They do not want anything to do with the Israelites, and they for sure don't want the Israelites taking their land. So the king was very upset, uh, knowing that the Israelites, the two Israelite men were there, and he sends people to Rahab's house looking for these two men. And Rahab, despite risking her own safety, she hid the Israelite men and then made a way for them to escape. So not only did she hide them in her home, but she found a way for them to get out of the city safely. Why would she do this? Why would she risk her life for these two men who were foreigners in her city? We read her words in Joshua chapter 2, starting in verse 8. It says, Before the men lay down, she came to them on the roof, and she said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, 
and that the fear of you has fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan in Sihon and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And then verse 11 says, And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. Although Rahab was a pagan and described as a prostitute, she believed in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The same God that delivered the Israelites out of Egypt was the God that Rahab was proclaiming in those verses. Rahab truly knew that God was who he said that he was. And because God had decided that the Israelites were going to be taking the land of Canaan, Rahab knew that Jericho was bound for destruction. And surely enough, in Joshua chapter 6, we read of the fall of Jericho. Every single person in that city died except for Rahab and her relatives. Verse 25 says, But Rahab the prostitute and her father's household and all who belonged to her Joshua saved alive, and she has lived in Israel to this day, because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. God used Rahab to display his mercy in saving her and her family from that imminent destruction found in Jericho. The city was actually destroyed by fire, as scripture tells us. She was obedient and proved her allegiance when she proclaimed God as the righteous ruler of the land. Rahab believed God was who he said that he was. And although her depraved nature is evident, God shows mercy in not just sparing her life, but inviting her to covenant relationship with him. And what a beautiful display of mercy that is. Now we're going to transition into the story of Ruth. Now, this story is a little more well-known than that of Rahab, and I'm sure most of you listening know at least a little bit about Ruth, if not knowing her entire story from Scripture. So I'm not going to spend a ton of time laboring the details of the story, um, but I do want us to zoom out from what we may already know about Ruth and Naomi and Boaz and that entire story of redemption and really see how it applies to the big picture story of scripture. So what is God trying to tell us through this story? Just for a little background, um, you know that Naomi is the mother-in-law of Ruth, uh, Ruth's husband and her father-in-law, that being Naomi's husband, have both died, and so Naomi and Ruth are now venturing back from the land of Moab to Bethlehem, and Bethlehem in Judah was Naomi's homeland, so she was traveling back with Ruth, her daughter-in-law, to her homeland of Bethlehem. She was doing this because she was not a native of the land of Moab. They were actually living in Moab because there was a famine in the land um, that they were living in prior. So they spent about 10 years in the land of Moab, and that's how Ruth meets Naomi's son, and they become married. So when Ruth and Naomi get back in to Bethlehem, um, they are alone. They are poor, as many of us know the story. In chapter 2, Ruth meets Boaz. And this part of the story is, it's a beautiful picture of love and kindness and redemption. But I want us, like I said before, to zoom out from that and take a big picture view of what, what Boaz meant to Ruth and how that applies to our relationship with the Lord. So as we know, God sent Boaz to Ruth so that she and Naomi would have a protector, so that they would be taken care of. They had life before Boaz, but with him, they had it more abundantly. Does that sound familiar? 
they no longer had to worry about having their needs met. And then in chapter 4, we see Boaz and Ruth are married, and they welcome a son. They named their son Obed, and Obed was the father of Jesse, who was then the father of David. Ruth was broken and alone, and God sent someone to help her. That someone ended up being Boaz. I wanted to teach on both Rahab and Ruth together today because let's fast forward to the New Testament. Um, We find the genealogy of Jesus listed in Matthew chapter 1. And in verse 5, Matthew says, And Salmon, the father of Boaz, by Rahab. So here we see that Rahab is actually Ruth's mother-in-law. It's a little nugget of scripture um, we don't get until we hit the New Testament. So both of these women, they were pagan women. They were far from God. But through his sovereign grace, he invited them to be part of his family. And now they're listed in the genealogy of Jesus. God saved Rahab and her family by her faithfulness and obedience. Through that saving faith would eventually come the birth of our perfect Savior. He mended Ruth's brokenness by providing a Redeemer in Boaz. Through that Redeemer would eventually come the birth of our great Redeemer. These were two unlikely women chosen to receive unmerited favor. And their stories are not about them. By no means are they about them. Their stories are without question about our loving God. And praise be to Him for His unfailing love. All right, guys, now we're heading into my conversation with Allie Navy. Allie is actually one of my very best friends, so it was kind of odd sitting down to try to interview her. Um, We had a couple moments where we had to just stop the recording and laugh at each other because it was so uh, out of the ordinary of what we usually do, but I'm so glad that I got to sit down with her, and I'm really happy to bring this conversation to you all. I know... I know, I know that this will be really great for a lot of you women listening. Allie is a wife to a pastor. She is also a mama to three sweet kiddos, and she leads worship at our church as well. Allie and I talk about what it's like to feel completely unworthy and shameful to step up and do anything and how the enemy really uses that to stop us from using our God-given gifts. Um, We also talk about her being a pastor's wife and what that is like and what that looks like in this season of ministry for both she and her husband. Um, We talk about a lot more things, but I'm just going to let you listen to it instead of trying to recap all of it. I'm so so glad that I got to sit down with one of my best friends and share a little bit of her story. So without further ado, here is my conversation with my friend, Allie. So today I'm sitting down with one of my very best friends. We've known each other for five or six years now, but it feels like all the years in the best possible way. Um, we also have tried to start this recording about 17 times now and we keep laughing. So this could be a really interesting episode. Um, without further, further, without further ado, my friend, Allie Navy. Hey, hey. So Allie, just to get started, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Okay. So I am married to Pastor Ryan Navy. Shout out to Ryan. Hey, hey, babe. Um, I am a stay-at-home mama to two toddlers. I've got a three and a four-year-old, Karis Adeline and Bentley Ryan. And then I'm a mom to Aubrey Jade, who is my oldest. She's 10. 10. I know. It's insane. It just happens too quickly. But mm-hmm. yeah, so I um, I just stay at home with them. I shouldn't say just stay at home with them. I right. stay at home with them and do all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like to kind of do a little bit of schoolwork. 
um, with my little ones. Bentley is incredibly smart and talented and loves all the things with letters and numbers and um, just activities, all the learning activities. So we like to do those, but my... My Karis, she is not, she's not interested at all. She's not having any of it. Um, I tell my friends the other day we were watching a show um, before bed and we were shouting out the shapes mm-hmm. that um, were rolling pile on the train and Bentley was like triangle, uh, square, circle. And I'm like, Karis, you got the next shape. What's uh-huh. the next shape? And she shouts out, Ocatangle. <laughs> And Ryan and I just looked at each other like, okay, girl, yeah, uh-huh. Ocatangle. She's there pretty. It is. She's so <laughs> pretty. She's pretty cute, mm-hmm. yeah. She's got her looks going for her. She but does. Yeah, so Bentley starts preschool in the fall. And we were thinking about sending Karis, but we're just not sure yet. You can just keep her with you. Yeah, I might. Mm-hmm. Maybe work on those letters and yeah. numbers and colors. She needs another year home <laughs> with mom. I'm not, I'm not mad about it. Mm-mm. I would keep her, mm-hmm. for sure. So what else do you do in life? Um, I lead worship. Um, I really look forward to that um, for the Sundays that I'm on the rotation just to be able to stand up there and see some faces in the crowd. You know, the lights are on your face, so you can't see everyone, but you can see um, some of my sweet arc friends down mm-hmm. in the front row. And um, yeah, I just really like to see them worship and praise the Lord. And they cry and I cry and it's just a sweet sweet feeling. I'm so thankful for that calling that the Lord has placed on my life to just step out in obedience and step up and serve and, and lead our church, help lead our church in worship. It is, it's one of the most incredible feelings, experiences that, um, I've ever been able to do. And so I'm really thankful that he's chosen me to, um, just, just step out and serve him in that way. Yeah, that's awesome. I want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, because when you and I first like met, but then really started, you know, getting really close and becoming close friends, mm-hmm. I remember you being like, "Yeah, so when we're planning the church, I th- I think I'm gonna, I guess I'm gonna have to sing." And I was like, "Wait, you can what? sing? I know. How did I not know this?" I know. So yeah. I want to talk a little bit about mm-hmm. your just development from that point mm-hmm. of being terrified of course we're all still terrified when we step out on a stage and do anything but from the point of being reluctant I guess Mm -hmm. is that fair to say you were reluctant to now seeing it as this gift that the Lord has given you to be able to serve in that way yeah so what has that that process been like for you so years and years ago I um I sang growing up in church a little bit um but it wasn't I didn't see it as a talent. I just saw it as, oh, they need somebody to sing, and I'm a cute little kid, so they're going to let me do it. Right. Um, And I don't know, just growing up and being out there in the world, I just had this feeling of inadequacy, Mm -hmm. this massive weight of you are no one. Mm -hmm. You are not good enough for this. What on earth? How do you think that you can honestly stand up there Mm -hmm. and do this? And so I let that kind of resignate. I let that take over and take hold and take captive. Um, and I just, I don't know. We were, we were living in the West End in an apartment and I remember Travis Edwards was on my back porch playing a guitar and no lie, I was in the kitchen and I was just singing. Yeah. Because he was singing and I was singing in the kitchen and he stopped singing. And I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> He's walking in my house. That's why he stopped. Mm-hmm. He stopped playing the guitar, stopped singing, walked in my house and was like, um, hello, what are you doing? Do you know the story? No. You don't know the I'm story. I'm hanging on every word. He was like, what are you doing? Is that you? And I was like, Yes. And he was like, Allie, Navy, what on earth? Where have you been? What are you doing? And I was like, I'm just doing dishes. I don't know. For real. I was like, uh, I'm so sorry. I'm so, like, I thought, oh my gosh, he heard me. No, 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 no. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I can't. No, no, it no. immediately like became shame and, and you want to crawl back absolutely. in. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, I don't know. That was kind of like the first push to where I'm at now. 
Mm. It really was. He kind of gave me that encouragement. And then, of course, alongside that encouragement came Ryan, mm-hmm. who was like, babe, yeah, for what in the world? For real? Why have we never thought about this? We've yeah. never put two and two together because I never was really interested right. in serving in that way at all because of that inadequacy, mm-hmm. because of that feeling of you cannot do this. Yeah. You can ask the collective. Um, there are still plenty of mornings where I'm a hot, holy mess before we go on stage. I'm shaking. I'm crying. We meet back in the green room and we do a devotion and we pray and I'm crying because I know now the weight that it holds when people experience true worship. And I'm going to cry right now. Mm-hmm. The, um, just the chains that are set free from worship. Yeah. From, um, just the people on stage that are, able to practice and able to bring their gifts and their talents. I I don't, we definitely don't take it lightly. It's right. not something that we are just like flippantly doing. Um, we're up there with a purpose and that purpose is to show the love of Jesus, to shine the light of Jesus, to make him famous and, and make other people aware of who he is and how he can change them, how he can make them feel the way that he makes us feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I'm just really thankful to be able to be a part of the collective, um, to just stand up there and proclaim the name of Jesus. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, and just for me, being your friend, seeing this um, really just evolution for you yeah. in in that, of course, but like knowing you and seeing just the way that the Lord has cultivated this in your heart for one, and then also brought you to a place of knowing like, Allie, I have given you this for a reason. And I've given you this, this voice to be able to share and to share for my glory. And so I, I mean, I'm also thankful that the Lord has done that because I love listening to you on (laughs) Sunday mornings, girl. And the entire collective. Um, so speaking of the collective, I want to talk about our church a little bit. Okay. So you mentioned that you are a pastor's wife. Yes, ma'am. Did you ever imagine you would marry a pastor? <laughs> I love asking this okay. question. Okay, so never, like growing up, I never thought I would marry a pastor. Right. Um, but man, I'm glad I did because he... Mm -mm. The way that that man lives his life has taught me so much. I grew up in church. Um, I was a, I went to the youth group. I did all the Sunday school. I went through the youth group. After I graduated high school, I served in the youth group, but I never quite grasped the Lord. Mm. I never had a relationship. I believed in the Lord. I had a relationship with the Lord, but I did not have a relationship with the Lord. Mm Mm-hmm. Knowing how to have a relationship with the Lord came with Ryan. Um, When we met, it was kind of like instantaneous. And this man was more interested in making sure that I knew about Jesus before Mm. he was interested in talking about marriage or talking about relationship status or anything like that. We grew together. Like, you know, when you're in that talking phase, we grew together together in the Lord before we grew together as a couple. Yeah. And I'm so thankful for that because that is unlike any other relationship that I've ever had in my life. Mm -hmm. It puts all of them to shame. Yeah. And, and because of Ryan, I was able to really get a grip on a lot of things in life. Um, just a lot of the, the difficult people, um, that we experience throughout our day. Um, just difficult situations, I would find myself being easily overcome with anxiety and fear and just complete chaos rather than running to Jesus, mm-hmm. rather than running to the word. Um, and he taught me how to do that. He taught me, you know, calm down. God's got this. God's got you. There's a reason that it's happening because it's happening. Right. Like the Lord has your life. And so just just being involved with Ryan I don't know. I grew closer to Ryan and closer to the Lord at the same time. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, no, I never, I never really thought I would marry a pastor. But after meeting Ryan, there is no way that I was not going to marry that man. Yeah. Um, he, 
he kind of told me, you know, I'm called to ministry. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So after meeting him, I knew I was going to marry a pastor. Yeah. But before those years, I did not. Right. Um, but yeah, after meeting him, I knew, okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. And so the the surprises of ministry aren't really a, like necessarily a surprise because I married into it. Right. Um, you were anticipating it. Yeah. And I don't, I, I'm not like bogged down by the effects of it. I'm not, I don't know, when they come, when the phone calls come at 2 a.m. in the morning mm-hmm. and he's got to go. Then he goes, and I I married into that. Right. There's no, there's never been. I can honestly say there's never been an argument about. Ryan, are you serious? You have to leave. It's two o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? You have to go right now, really? Yeah. Like, don't these people know that you have a family? Like, he's missed family dinners because of marriage counseling. Mm-hmm. And there's never been a moment when I'm just like, you can't be serious. Another counseling session. Because I know that it's coming. He's a very good communicator. I know that it's coming. And two, like, I cannot get mad at Ryan for working for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. I cannot. If there's ever a time that I feel like, no, don't get me wrong. Frustration happens right. when he misses another family dinner. Mm-hmm. And it's been the second one that week. But I'm not, I'm not going to argue with him. Because I know that he's working for the Lord. And how on earth... How on earth could I, and who am I, to get mad at that man who God has sovereignly placed in my life? Like, how can I get mad at Ryan for doing what he's called to do yeah. for the Lord? So being a pastor's wife, I mean, it's it's a great thing. Mm-hmm. I don't, I've read articles where women are completely burnt out on the pastor wife role and I'm I'm not there yet. I'm not saying that that won't be the case in 10, 15, 20 more years. Yeah. Um, but right now we have an incredible church. He has incredible elders um, that he delegates to. He delegates things to very well. Um, this podcast is just starting to be about Ryan Davey. I could talk about that man all day, y'all. I could I know, talk We got to wrap him. up the Ryan oh. session. <laughs> I, I mean, I love sorry. you, Ryan, but... I'm sorry. I could talk about him all day. He's I know a you great could. man. Okay. I know. What, what else I you know got? you love your husband. <laughs> well, I do want to say other one other thing oh, about, about that, yeah. and then we'll move on. So, do you see, and I see this, but I want to know what how you approach it. So, you're explaining, you know, all of these things that he has on his plate as a pastor. Yeah. Like... The 2 a.m. calls and the counseling sessions and missing family dinners and the hospital, all of those things that, you know, that's his regular day. Um, But for you, and that's his ministry. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's his job, but that's his ministry right now. Mm -hmm. That's his kingdom work. But for you, you know, somebody has to be home with your kids. Yeah. Somebody has to be making that dinner, you know, that your family's eating. Mm -hmm. So do you see what you're doing as part of that kingdom ministry also because he can't do what he's doing without his wife at home is that fair to say yes i see that i'm a part of it and i'm just thankful to be a part of it yeah because i although i do i am front and center for worship, but I don't mind behind the scenes. Yeah. I don't mind it at all. I've told John, let's close the curtain and I'll just sing in the dark. <laughs> like, I don't care. But yeah, I do. I do see that with, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful to be a part of it. I mean, there are definitely times when I'm just like, are you serious? And, and it's, it's like, oh gosh, this is hard. This mm-hmm. is really hard. But the Lord sees me. Yeah. And the Lord, the Lord saw me take a deep breath instead Mm -hmm. of overreacting. And the Lord saw me put that dish in the dishwasher for the second time that day. And the Lord saw me sweep that floor for the third time that day. And I don't know, I don't need, I don't need the credit for being a stay at home mom. I don't need that. But, but I am thankful to be his right hand man, I guess. Mm -hmm. That right hand woman though. That right hand woman. I know he would say the same about you. Um, But I love seeing that because it really is a true picture of, you know, in any kind of relationship, whether it's a working relationship or friendship or marriage, one does not give 
um, without the other giving also. So there's not a sacrifice on one end that we don't see it reflected in the other person. You have the thankless job that no one sees. You know, they don't see you at 2 a.m., awake praying for your husband who's going on that hospital visit and praying for that person that he's going to see you don't show up there but you're there you're there without being there um and that's your season right now and the lord has truly called you to that and i know that you would say that you wouldn't be able to do it without him without the holy spirit's guidance and knowing that like this is where you guys are called to right now Mm -hmm. in your life and in your season i mean i don't think anyone could do it without that so yeah i want to talk a little bit about our um last year together reading the bible so on january 1st 2019 we decided together, we are going to read the Bible this year. And it was something that we, we were wanting, we had already done Bible reading plans together and studies and things. So it wasn't anything new for us, but we both decided kind of simultaneously and then came together and was like, Oh, you were thinking about doing that too. So we decided to do it together with a couple other friends. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't think that we really knew what we were getting into. Not a clue. When we started, it just yeah. felt like it was going to be one of those things right. where like I'll take 5 minutes of my day, mm-hmm. do a little reading, mm-hmm. and then check it off the list and by the end of the year I'll be able to say, I "Hey, read I read the Bible." Yep. But what we didn't know, right, is that the Lord was going to use that to radically shake us up our lives. Yes. So let's talk about that a okay. little bit. Um what do you think of when you when you think of the past year and how that has affected you personally? Oh my gosh. Okay, so um, in the beginning, uh, reading the Bible, I had blinders on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that um, I legit had the enemy after me. Um, he did not want me to understand. He did not want me to grow. He did not want me to know um, anything. Uh, he knew it was about to happen, maybe. Um, just reading through Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, that was a nightmare. Um, I legit had blinders on and um, did not understand any of it. Had frustration after crying, after frustration, after a hard moment of just, I'm I'm about to quit. Mm-hmm. I called you. <laughs> I remember I was sitting in my driveway. <laughs> and I cried and like a baby. It was just like, Liv, I don't understand any of this. This is awful. I'm just reading. I don't understand what I'm reading. I told Ryan, I don't know what I'm reading. Help me. This is crazy. Why don't I even do this? And that's what the enemy wanted. Yeah. He wanted to get me there, and he got me there. Uh, but I did not quit. You love your heart. You prayed with me right then and there, and um, I didn't give up. I kept reading through it. So for those of you that are going through it this year, um, don't give up. Don't mm-hmm. quit. It's chaos and it's frustrating and it's definitely hard to understand. Um, but you'll get through it. There is an awesome podcast. Yeah. The Bible recap. Girl, that podcast saved so good. it. Mm-hmm. Um, helped break it down so well um, to where I would read it. Wouldn't understand it, but I'd understand the podcast. Right. So then I was able to go back and read again and try to see where Tara Lee was coming from. Mm-hmm. Um but yes, after getting through the Old Testament and um, just coming to an end on the New Testament, I just, I don't know, I really saw where um, the Lord moved for sure. Um, just keeping me that diligent, that reading, um, just making that a part of my day. It became not monotonous routine, but mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah. I could not wait to wake up and read my Bible. Yeah. Uh, for the first time in my life, I was reading my Bible every single day. That's awesome. Um, there wasn't there there wasn't a moment that I wasn't thinking I need I need to do that if I hadn't done it yet. Yeah. Um, I wanted to do it. I wanted to listen to it while I was doing the dishes, and I wanted to listen to it while I was driving, and then I wanted to get home and before I fell asleep, I would read it, and mm-hmm. I would just try to to do it over and over so that I could get something new or I could try to understand it better. Um, I'm just really thankful for that, for that, um, that plan, Mm -hmm. that podcast. Um, and now this year, girl, we doing it again. Yeah, we are. What I love is just the other day you texted 
and you said, <laughs> guys, I think Exodus is my new favorite book. <laughs> and that's a new person right there. Sure that's a new is. Allie Navy sure in 2020. <laughs> new year, new you. <laughs> <laughs> was it New Year, New You, Same God? Same God. Okay, He'd been there since the beginning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there it is. And here we are. This is us right This here. is what we do. This is why we're on the phone for three hours at a time and our husbands <laughs> roll their eyes. Speaking of husbands, uh-huh, I do want to give out. a shout out yep. to my sweet husband, Matt, who is taking care of our four combined kids. Um, yes. What? Four, four why kids. Why did I just look at you like we Do have we have four kids four. together? <laughs> Yes, we do. We yeah, do. we have four kids together, um, and he's taking care of them by himself right now. Yes, he is. So bless his heart. Thank Matt, you, Matt. Uncle Matt for the win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope he's surviving, and I hope he hasn't tried to text me because I'm not looking at my phone. <laughs> so back to talking about yeah. the Bible. Yeah. Um, what is one thing that you start looking at, like looking at your Bible now mm-hmm. and looking at Scripture now? Mm-hmm. What is something that you know about it that you didn't back in January 2019? You're serious. Everything. Yeah. Um, um, When I started reading the Bible, I knew about about the the stories, like the Bible stories that we went over in the Flannel Graph series. Um, But I was really excited to dig a little deeper into theology dig a little deeper into the genealogies. Yeah. Um, I, I like to skim over those. Um, but now I like to try to be a little detective and map it out. To I'm going to cry f- right now. That is music <laughs> to my ears. See how far back I can go without yes. confusing myself mm-hmm. to trace it back. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy that. I am so <laughs> glad that you do. Because I do really enjoy that. Do you also. really? I do. I, mean, I, I know you're a lover love, of theology. I am a lover of theology and a big advocate for women to study theology. Yes. Um, but I love genealogies too. Mm-hmm. I would love to do like a whole series just Next. on genealogies. Start, start it. Maybe we need to do that. I'm ready. Um, but yeah, so for me too, for reading the Bible, last year was the first time I'd ever read mm-hmm. the entire Bible mm-hmm. from start to finish. Um, and it was the first time in my life, like you said, that I had this rhythm built in Mm -hmm, to my day that it was such a part of my day that I was excited for, because for one, I was learning so much. And what I loved was reading stories like, you know, those from flannel graph Mm -hmm. that we know, um, we've known forever, especially those of us who've been in church forever Mm -hmm. and grew up in church, those stories have such a different meaning when you look at it through the lens of the whole narrative of scripture and what God is trying to tell us with this book. Like we see that in every single story. Mm -hmm. And I'm just so thankful that we stepped out to do that, but really that God met us in that and met us there and showed us so much. And I mean, now we're back in Exodus. Mm-hmm. We've already read through Genesis. We've already read Job. Well, not, yeah, we've already read Job. Now we're in Exodus. And I'm learning something new again. Me too, and I girl. like, I can't wait 10 years from now to have read through it 10 times sure, right. and still be learning something new. And so right. I, I love that about scripture and just about God that He's revealed these parts of Himself that we can always find. Like, there's little nuggets about Him that. It's just out there for the digging. I know. And I love that. <laughs> and two, I want to piggyback on you saying, you know, God met us there. But but through the daily reading, we are able to meet with him. Mm-hmm. We are able to just sit for a moment or 10. Yeah. And get beside ourselves, get, get alone, and just sit in his presence. Just sit. I mean, he's always with us. But just to have that reciprocated He's always after us, but, mm-hmm. but for us to just take a moment and go after him, yeah, to be able to meet with the Lord is such a privilege that I think mm. so many of us miss. Mm-hmm. And I, it breaks my heart for the for the people, especially the women that are missing it. Um, the importance of just taking a moment and um, just getting alone, doing their Bible reading, praying being silent. You don't even have to pray. 
Um, there are times when I can't pray. Yeah, me there too. There are times that I am really sad, really mad, really confused, and I just cannot form a word, cannot form anything, but okay, Lord, like this is your will. Okay, yeah. it's happening, so yeah. here we go. Um, it's okay to be frustrated with the Lord. It's okay to be angry, um, and I have definitely had those feelings. Um, so just to sit there in silence and allow the Holy Spirit to do a work, I think so many of us miss out on it because we feel like we can't take our frustrations to God. Yeah. We can't take our anger mm-hmm. to Him because, oh, we feel so bad. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's a relationship. Yeah. You get frustrated in relationships. You get upset. Mm-hmm. You get frustrated. And so to be able to just take a moment and and genuinely meet with the Lord is so important. And I love that you said we're able to... He's able to meet us there, but but we're in turn able to meet him, Mm -hmm. meet with him. So yeah, and there's no part of us that he can't handle. Mm -mm, No, like there's and there's no part of us that he doesn't know. Right, nothing that we say will ever catch him off guard. Right, so why not say it anyways? Yeah, why not profess it and get it out, Mm -hmm. and then let him do a work in you. So we've learned a lot this year. Um, We've learned a lot just about God and about scripture, about ourselves and our friendship. And Mm -hmm. 2019 was such a growth year that I did not expect. Right. Like I did not anticipate all the things that would happen in 2019 that would shift my perspective and focus in pretty much all areas of life, personal Mm -hmm. work, church. Um, Of course, God saw all of that coming, Mm -hmm. but simultaneously, all of those changes happening and at the same time reading through the Bible and not just reading through the Bible, but studying in a way that I had never really devoted to studying before. Um, You know, it's cool to look back on and see, see that that was happening at the same time. Yeah. You know, that our growth was happening at the same time of, of our being obedient Mm -hmm. in um, and really just going to the Lord. So this makes me think back to a moment that we had um, a couple years ago. And I don't know if you remember this, but I'll never forget. Um, We were sitting in your car because it was raining. And I didn't want to walk all the way to my car. So you're like, just get in and I'll drive you over there. Knowing good and well, we were going to sit in that car and talk for three hours, (laughs) which we did. (laughs) But we were just sitting there talking about, I don't know what. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember this? Yeah, I okay. do. But okay. I think I remember what we were talking about. I do. Okay. I, I know where I'm going with you it. Go I don't remember how we got started talking. Okay. But I remember you and I both almost at the same time mm-hmm. said, God has really put it in my heart to teach women. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that means. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what he wants me to teach him. But he is really showing up in a lot of ways and saying, you've got to do this. And I had never brought that up to you before. Not that we weren't already doing things in ministry, but not in that way. Right. Um, and well, too, I remember us saying we didn't bring it up to each other because we really enjoyed the intimacy yeah. that we had with the Lord about it. Yes. Like we didn't, we wanted to tell each other, but we were just really enjoying just the learning and the, and that moment with the Lord that he was, we knew he was doing a work in us, but we were afraid that if we brought it to light, Mm -hmm. it would stop or something would change. Something would maybe back off. Right. Um, so I do remember us saying, I wanted to tell you, but I just, I didn't want it to stop. Right. yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, Okay, Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. you're doing right. something in us together. And then we together. just sat and cried, and it was we raining, did. like you said. It and we was just sat raining. In the car yeah, and cried. Yeah, that's been <laughs> probably over two years ago. I know. I know. Um, and well, I remember. Look at you now. Nice job. Look at you. Well, we could easily turn this into an Ali Braggs about Olivia podcast. Let's not. Forty-five but thank you. minutes. I love you. Going friend. strong. Um. But anyway, <laughs> I well, I don't think I'll ever forget Mm-mm. that because it 
just launched it us kicks, yeah, kickstarted into this sure. season of not that anything happened like the next no, day, it didn't. but bringing it out and bringing it to light and then praying together mm-hmm. constantly about, okay, Lord, what do you have for us? What do you have for us? What do you have for the women of our mm-hmm. church and right. the women of our community and the women that we know who are in recovery that mm-hmm. we can minister to? Like, what do you have for us? Mm-hmm. And just seeing now the way that he's carried us through these right. last two or three years in um, in our church, but also um, just like as a team yeah. in what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what we do individually is just, I love being able to look back and see those moments and see and know mm-hmm. that that's the Lord. Right. I'm really thankful that, the Lord is doing a work in us together. Um, and again, like looking back to scripture and knowing what I know now about scripture and the way that, that God worked through people is he, in most stories we see that he's working on not just one person. He's working on a body of believers. He's working on multiple people at the same time, like, all through the Old Testament, we see all of these prophets who were prophesying in different parts of the country, but they were saying the same thing right. and pretty much at the same time. And, you know, we see that he's doing that now, like he's doing that in our church through you and I, through people who are doing lots of different types of ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and just knowing that about the Lord and then seeing him work and do it is something totally different. Right. It makes me think of D group. Yeah, like we can't have a. We, you and I can't sit here and not talk about D group. I know. I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, so there are people in other countries that are involved in D group, and for us to be unified, it just makes me think of the prophets mm-hmm. doing what they do, spread out all over the nation to proclaim the name of Jesus, and that's what we're doing. We mm-hmm. are, we're we're a body of believers, like you were talking about, just mm-hmm. being involved and. And plugged in and just trying to do all we can for the kingdom to learn and dig in to the word, the gospel, to grow. That's my word. If you're in D group, you know that you're supposed to have a word for the year. And that is my word. My word is grow. And boy, is the Lord stretching me, molding me. He is truly working in me. And it's only the beginning of February. Yeah. However, January was three months long. It was three years long. Yes. But, um, but yes. So D group is where it's at too. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I wanted you to start D group like months before you started it. <laughs> Cause I kept telling you, Allie, you need to join this. <laughs> I think you would like it. Yeah. Um, even if you don't like it, I think you should. <laughs> And so then you finally did when we, did you, you started when we did the spiritual warfare Mm -hmm. study, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And man. Man. Okay. So what was crazy about that is that you and I had gone to dinner and you said, so I really want you to consider D group. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you know, what is it? Tell me about it. I'm not going to do it, but tell me about it. Yeah, girl. And so you started talking about just the basics. And then you said, our next session is on spiritual warfare. Yeah. And I lost it. Yep, I remember. Because I had been begging the Lord for some kind of entryway to learn more about that. I had even I had even talked to Ryan about it. And so Ryan and I obviously prayed together and, and he'd been praying for, you know, more resources to come about. And so one day he brought me home a book from um Tri-State Bible College, and it's called Angels and Demons, mm-hmm. and I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was borderline textbook, but... Um, I love a good textbook. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. But, I mean, for somebody that's really genuinely wanting to dig into more information about something, mm-hmm. I liked it. Yeah. Um, and so I had been praying for an entryway to learn more about that spiritual warfare, and you had given me that book mm-hmm. the screw tape letters yeah. yeah and so um love that dove right into that and you had said our next session is on spiritual warfare and I lost it and mm-hmm. was all in because I don't know I think in your obedience to reach out I think the Lord placed that on your heart to ask me again 
At that time, yeah. And so I was all in. Yeah. And then I started and did Spiritual Warfare 1, Spiritual Warfare 2, and then I was like, my girls in the collective need this. Mm-hmm. Like, I started praying, you know, do I need to start one? No. I just need to stay here, but tell them about it. Yeah. And then... I just immediately, like, you know when something is from the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know when it's not from you because it's nuts. And you know it's from the Lord because yeah. it's bold and yeah. it's incredible. And it's not something that you'd ever see yourself doing. And so you're just kind of like, really? And so you sit on it. You pray on it. You spend some moments with the Lord about it. And you just feel compelled and completely directed to go. And so I went. And I started my own teen group. Mm-hmm. And I never looked back. I um, love it. It's an incredible tool um, just to grow, there it is again, and learn and dive in and figure out who you are in Christ. Yeah. Figure out, you you need to realize you need a relationship with the Lord. And and I don't know, like that's just very helpful, um, very beneficial, but yeah. What was it like for you stepping out and not just stepping out to invite others to another D group or to go another to another D group? but to start and lead a D group. Um, was it hard for you to think of yourself as a leader? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm setting you up for what I know you're going to say. Yes. A thousand percent. Um, I did not see myself as a leader. Um, did not in the past tense because now I do. Yeah. Um, but, but did not at all. Um, that inadequacy is something that has really set with me um, for years. Mm-hmm. Just not feeling qualified, not feeling good enough, not feeling decent enough to um, just step out and be obedient. Um, so I sit. No, I sat. And... Um, I watched on the sidelines for years. Um, But to know that that calling um, to step out and start a D group was from the Lord, was that movement, that stirring from the Holy Spirit, um, I did it. And after saying, okay, Amber, sweet Amber Brooke, shout out, hey. Shout out, Amber, hey. Um, Yes, after telling her, listen, I'm going to, I think I'm going to start a D group. And she was like, yes, I've been praying for you. I've been waiting for you. This is awesome. So, um, yeah, it was, it was incredible to know that she had been praying for another leader. Yeah. And I had been praying, Lord, are you sure? (laughs) And so, um, just to step out once I, once I told Amber, it was kind of like I could take a deep breath and um, get to work because I knew that there were, I, I knew that the Lord had placed the girls of the collective on my heart for a reason. Right. And then in my heart, after I started inviting them, um, women in leadership popped up. Mm-hmm. So I had reached out to a couple other girls that are not in the collective and um, just had told them, you know, this is what I'm doing and this is what it is. And I would love for you to try it. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And that's okay. And so they did. And there were two more groups that came out of that. Yeah. And so multiplication happened like crazy. And I don't know, so many new relationships were formed. So many friendships were formed because of D group lasting relationships. Um, and so many women got just a taste of what it's like to have a relationship finally. Yes. Yes, with an intimate relationship. Because it's a lot. It is is a lot. D group is intense, and it takes, you know, structure and it takes self discipline. A lot of discipline. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, for the women that have stuck with it, granted, there are women that come through, and it's just not for them, and that's okay. Right. No shame. No hate. That's perfectly fine. If you can't do it, you can't do it. But find somewhere else to get plugged in. Right. Don't give up. Right. Um. But yeah. And so going back to that conversation that we had three years ago yeah. about what do we do? Right. We Like the Lord is just telling me and he's placed places on my heart um, to see the things that have come out of that. Just it's not like we did anything like, OK, now let's make a game plan. Let's make a strategic plan of this is what we're going to do. We just 
decided, well, we're going to pray on right. this together now. Right, exactly. We're praying That's on our it. own for a long time. We're going to bind together and pray yeah. for this and keep this in the forefront of our minds and our prayers and our conversations. And so to see through that and through our church the way that I have seen women grow. Right. Now this is going to make me cry because this is this is my life. Like to see women grow in the Lord. Yeah. And not just grow in their understanding, but grow in their obedience sure. and seeing like the shame and the chains fall away mm-hmm. because they know the Lord knows them and loves them mm-hmm. is all I want for my life to see. Yeah. You know, that that's all I want to see. And so through that, um, you know, that moment and those prayers that we had and, and that longing and those years of prayers, right. we have women in our church in discipleship groups. Yeah. We have them in learning environments where um, just last Sunday, on a Sunday morning, we're in um, a class teaching on how to study the Bible. And a sweet lady who I love, who um, is a little older, she said, nobody's ever set me down and told me how to study the Bible before. And I feel like I'm learning for the first time. And I cried right then and there <laughs> because that's right. that's it. Yeah. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, grace be to God that he has used us in a way to be able to, and it's not just us. There are phenomenal women leading in our church Mm -hmm. who are doing all of this with us. But, um, just to see that he, he took, you know, two friends sitting in the parking lot, you know, on a rainy night and now seeing the way that he's brought that, Mm -hmm. you know, into into his plan this is not a place that we get to by happenstance Mm -hmm. this is a lot of hard fought nights and prayers and asking God what are you doing where are you why are we doing why is this not happening yet Mm -hmm. um why am I not where I need to be and not saying that we've made it (laughs) by any means but seeing that he has brought us along all the way is just really phenomenal. Um, so I'm excited to see what the next season brings. Yeah. Did you have a word for 2019? No. Okay, because I, I, I didn't know if you had your 2019 word um, for 2020. What is your what is your verse for 2020 that Second corresponds? Peter 3.18. Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, no, that's wrong. It's Second Peter 3.17 and 18. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's only supposed to be one verse, but I can't. Mine's, mine's two also. Is it really? Yeah. I can't cut out that 17. It says, dear, therefore, dear friends, since you know this in advance, be on your guard so that you are not led away by the error of lawless people and fall from your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Mm. Yeah, that's good. So my word of the year is enough. Um, and it comes from Second Corinthians chapter 12. And that is where Paul is talking about the thorn in his side. Mm-hmm. And he is pleading God, he, or he's writing to the Corinthians, telling them about this. Um, I, I pleaded to God to please remove this. Please remove this, um, you know, whatever it is. There's speculation of what it was. But whatever it was. Uh, that was happening in Paul's life, can you just take it away? Because my ministry and my life will be so much easier if you do. Mm-hmm. So he asked God that, and then God tells him in verse 9, but my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So for me, reading that and just seeing that for my year in the word enough coming from the word sufficient, and it's not about me. So it's not, it's not saying that I'm enough, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever I do is enough. Or, um, I think that that's kind of like the message that's out there right now. And this whole, um, self care, pick Mm yourself up by your bootstraps and you're going to be great. Mm -hmm. Um, but no, that Paul's saying, your power is made perfect in my weakness. So through me being weak, that gives the Lord an opportunity to show he is all the more powerful. 
Um, and so just in my, in anticipating my year and just seeing some sacrifice and some changes in my life, um, and knowing that I can ask God for things and I can plead with him to, you know, please help me with this or please remove this or please whatever. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I have his grace. Yeah. And if that's all I ever have, that's enough. And so um, for me in 2020, that's that's what I'm just meditating on. That's good. And I know it's only February, but I feel like <laughs> it's going to come in handy this year. Yeah, okay. So it's been a fun night. Absolutely. A fun ride. Yes. It only took us four <laughs> hours to get this done. But we're here. Yep. And I think it's going to sound we great. Made it. We made it. I love you, friend. I love you. That is the end of episode three.